Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. I just wanted to say a quick notice because we're going to move into talking about different types of healing, okay? But I was just talking uh, to, to Brother Gerald and... Uh, he said, you know, what really excited me was uh, the, last night when you talked about uh, the frequencies, the, the sounds God wants to release from heaven. And I was talk, telling him, you know, when that first came to me, when the Lord first started speaking to me about that, he um, showed me in heaven what certain frequencies, because everything is made up of a frequency, okay? Even light has a frequency. That's like the core element, okay? And he showed me like different frequencies affect a person's body, different frequencies affect the demonic, okay? And he would give us notes to play, to sing. Uh, and uh, we would see people go through deliverance. You know, I'd be praying for someone and then I would hear the Lord would say, I want you to sing over them. And uh, I remember we were at this one church and I had, you know, I didn't know at that time, hey, people may not just be like, all right, when this happens. You know, I was learning so much. I was so hungry for God and I was learning so much. And I was having all these opportunities to practice. You know, church is the place we're supposed to practice. It's the safe environment for you to practice your gifts, to grow in your anointing. It's supposed to be a place where it's okay if you don't get it 100%. All right. Instead of a place where if you make a mistake, it's it. Okay. You know what I mean? So you're real blessed to be in a church where you can practice and be encouraged. That's what it's, we're supposed to be doing, okay? So I went to visit these pastors, and um, uh, one of the ladies had been healed. Was it MS? She was healed of MS? Some kind of brain disorder. God miraculously healed her. She went on one of those TV shows and gave a testimony about Jesus healing her. Then her and her husband came to co-pastor this church, and she was starting to feel those effects come back in. And so um, they brought me in, and we had a little chat, and, um, and I said, well, I really feel like I'm supposed to sing over you, okay? And the pastor said to me, he goes, that's wonderful. Are you going to sing, um, uh, what was it, uh, Lord, I'm amazed by you? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. That's nothing like I was going to do. I said, no, I'm just going to sing notes. I'm going to sing notes. And they're like, okay. Okay. Well, I did not realize, I did not realize it's part of the God giving that, those notes, you know, the Lord can take anything and multiply it. And I do normally typically have a strong voice because I sang for years. That's what I did for a living. Okay. Back in the day, okay, playing all the clubs, all right, doing the Janis Joplin, all right. So I started to sing, and God multiplies the volume on this, and it freaked them. I went to sing over her, and everybody hit the floor. <laughs> oh, and the people, this was a big church, the children in the children's wing on the other side of the church heard every single thing, but God healed her. He healed her. So that's an example of singing. We've, I've done things like that when the Lord prompts me. I don't make a method out of it. And I don't go, oh, we're just going to sing over you, okay? As the Lord moves and the Holy Spirit says, and we've seen people go through massive deliverance just with notes, haven't we? So that's an example of the new things God is releasing, all right? Whatever I walk in, you can walk in, all right? Jesus said that we would do the things he's done and 
even greater things, okay? We'd be doing good to do the things he's done, okay, as a church body. We need to move, and he wants us to move into the greater things, okay? I believe there are ways of healing, deliverance, blessings coming that God's going to release as the body matures and is open that are going to quicken. It's going to be really quick. He's going to show us ways to do things where the time is going to be just so far reduced. Get excited, okay? Even what you learn here, just know when you leave out the door, a lot of what you learn here you can use, but God's already moved past it, okay? He's going to release it to the body, okay? Because we're supposed to be carrying his life in light and doing more than Jesus did. So get excited. All right, so I want to talk about uh, different types of healing, all right? Uh, now, these are types, not methods, all right? The first and biggest type of healing is, of course, salvation, okay? That is the greatest healing anyone can ever come into, all right? This is where we accept Jesus as Savior, and we go from death to eternal life. That's a pretty big healing, don't you think? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. We all know that, right? Then there's physical healing. Okay, now physical healing is basically healing of the physical body. All right? Psalm 103 says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. All right? There's inner healing. That's the way they call it. It's emotional healing of the soul. All right? This includes your mind, your will, your emotions, and your memories. Psalm 34.4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Okay. Then there's deliverance. And deliverance is basically at the root healing from demonic oppression. Okay. Um, and a lot of times people classify uh, healing from curses and generational things as deliverance. Okay. As well. That's just kind of what they put, put it in there. Um, Acts 10:38, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's Acts 10:38. Now, now, these are different types of healing. Okay. Now, the majority of the time when you're praying for people, you get all of this combined together. <laughs> okay. So, but I'm breaking this down. I'm going to break these down for you so you can see different parts. And then, then you'll be able to put it together and how it all works together. All right. The most important aspect of knowing how to pray for healing is the Holy Spirit tells you what to pray for. How to pray. Okay. Where to start. That's important. That's the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, a lot of ministries do... Uh, inner healing first okay and we're going to talk a little bit about that too but uh, just for you to know uh, most of the types of healings are all intertwined and when you pray for somebody you may start with inner healing and it may move into deliverance or you may start with physical healing when you say my back hurts and you start praying for somebody okay and then the Lord turns you and you need to go into inner healing or you need to go into deliverance okay um, let me give you an example that's why it's real important to know the Holy Spirit, okay? Even if a person walks up to you and looks, you think, oh, I got this. I know what this is. You still need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, let's, we're going to use a person. I just made this woman up, Julie. Let's say Julie comes to you and she has arthritis, okay? Well, 
she's probably going to need more than one type of healing. She's going to need physical healing, right? Because arthritis affects your body, right? She's also probably going to need a measure of deliverance because arthritis can be a spirit, okay? All right. And she's probably going to need some inner healing because uh, that was the original gateway through which the disease entered, all right? Uh, so probably carrying anger or bitterness or things like that, all right? But the only way you're going to know how to pray for Julie is if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, God can heal her. Boom. It's over, okay? But sometimes he doesn't do that, and you're going, okay, Jesus, what do I do, okay? Sometimes he wants that person to go through these different stages, okay, so that it's gone permanently, all right? And he's training you in how to carry his light and love and compassion at the same time, all right? You know, the Holy Spirit's the one who tells you whether you use a prayer of command like, let's take Julie, in Jesus' name, I command that the spirit of arthritis loose her body and come off right now. That's a command, okay? Or if he says, all you need to do, um, you may need to lead Julie in a prayer of forgiveness because the issue really is she's mad at her mother, Okay, and she hasn't forgiven her mother, so we can pray all day and try to cast these things off all day, but the legal right for them to be there is still there. And until that legal right's taken away, it doesn't have to go anywhere. So we need to do a prayer of forgiveness. Do you understand? That's the kind of information that the Holy Spirit gives. And he'd give you the quickest, fastest way, you know? So anyway, just something to keep in, to keep in mind, okay? So we're going to talk about inner healing how many people here uh, have been through inner healing or understand inner healing? Okay, good. So there's a, there's a good group. All right. Inner healing is just what it sounds like. It's basically the healing of the soul. Okay. You know, we are body, soul, and spirit. Okay. Body, of course, is this. Soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we are spirit because when we became to Jesus, we were born again and got a new spirit. Okay, our spirit is perfect. The Bible says it is. Our souls, however, are catching up. Okay, it is. That's why Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's a process. Okay, we are made new when we come to Christ. We're absolutely, we're given a new spirit. We are made new. Okay, and, um, but not all of us immediately went out from there and walked on water. Okay, now some of us did. I'm not saying, okay probably mostly in other countries where they have no choice and they need to walk on water, okay? And some of us just went, wow, that feels really good. And then we started dealing with our stuff, okay? So inner, inner healing is really about healing the soul, all right? It's the place and the parts of healing you're dealing with that people will talk about roots. You have a root that needs to be healed here. That's what they're talking about. Roots are like soul wounds, wounds in our soul, Okay. You know, God is good. He desires to bring full healing to a person, all right? Not just physical healing, okay? Jesus brings light to our whole body, our body, our mind, and our soul. And he came to bring us freedom and abundant life in every area, all right? Especially our emotions and especially our hearts, okay? Um, there are many good uh, inner healing methods. Most people use inner healing first when they're praying for people, especially people with long-term Christian ministry, healing ministries, because they're trying to get to the root, okay? 
And the reason they're trying to get to the root is that the, if the problem you're having is demonic, meaning driven by the enemy, um, they have a legal right to be there. And what typically opens the door for legal right for the enemy to oppress us is sin. So inner healing is a way of the Lord getting to the root issues of what opened the door for the oppression, the pain, the hurting, the illness to come in, and what has allowed the enemy legal right to be there. And we're going to talk more about uh, enemy's legal right. Um, you know, in reality, repentance is inner healing. You know, it's removing, it's, it's coming to a place where we have an inner healing with God and we turn from that place and removing the enemy's right and ability to remain, you know. Uh, any type of emotional wounding that you have can bring a physical trauma with it, any type, because we are body, soul, and spirit. In other words, those systems um, are not independent of one another. We're kind of taught that they are because our modern medicine treats the body. You know, not all, but a lot of it treats the body, okay? It doesn't necessarily treat the soul. There are plenty of people in the hospital trying to get well who are depressed, right? And, the, and we treat their bodies, but we never treat the soul, so they never get fully well, okay? And the reason is we are interconnected beings. I mean, we can't separate it is what I'm trying to say, all right? No matter what you want. That's why people who have broken hearts... Let's say they go through a relationship and get their heart broken, often have heart problems. It's tied, it's connected, okay? Um, I have a friend of mine, her name is Norma Deering. She, is a, she was part of Christian Healing Ministries. They're a huge ministry out of Florida. And she had a woman that she prayed for once a week for an entire year. And the woman had scoliosis and was crippled in her back. So she kind of was bent over and sideways. And so the Lord told Norma, she needs inner healing. I'm going to take her through a process because her life was so traumatic that if we try to bring things quickly, you know, it won't be accepted. So Norma started working with this, this woman. And um, at the last session that they had, it had been a year, she forgave the last person who had been injurious to her. And when she did that, her spine lined up all the way and she was no longer crippled. Okay. Inner healing is a good thing. Now, let me tell you, repentance is inner healing, okay? But I'm going to tell you the quickest way to access inner healing is forgiveness. Forgiveness is an inner healing tool that you can use for yourself and for the body and even for the people out there on the street. You'd be amazed at what people will let you pray for them for if they think you care. Okay. Um, you know, scripture is very plain. It tells us that if we do not forgive, we will not be forgiven. It doesn't really hem and haul around the subject. And I'm going to take you through the scripture to show you that. Walking a person through forgiveness is really a type of inner healing. Okay. And it can bring tremendous freedom physically and mentally. And it can remove demonic. All right. Yeah, so there's really no way I can cover every single area of inner healing with you guys, but I do want to focus on a specific view to help us get activated in using these tools, okay? Um, unforgiveness at its core is a sin, okay? Most people, including Christians, think it's an option. They really think it's an option, okay? That's because we don't know the word, and the word says it's a sin, okay? So um, I'm going to 
show you what God showed me about forgiveness because he took me through this scripture and said, I want you to understand that I've already put in scripture the truth about this and my people are dying without realizing this and we need to know. So I'm going to look at uh, Matthew 18, verse 21 through 35, okay? Now, in this verse, I'm going to read it to you. There's a key. God's always given us keys. Amen? The scripture isn't, this is Jesus explaining forgiveness to the people. Okay? And he says something that's real important that you can apply. Because he says this phrase a lot. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay? Anytime you see in scripture Jesus speaking, he says, the kingdom of heaven is something. He's about to give you a key on how things operate in the spirit. Okay? So he says here, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. Okay? So he's setting up the stage for us, all right? Uh, the kingdom of a human king who wished to settle the accounts. Now, who's the king in heaven? God, Jesus, God, okay, God, all right, so he goes on, when he began the accounting, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, that's roughly about, according to my Bible, 10 million, okay, according to the thing I found, and because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything he possessed and payment to be made, so the attendant fell on his knees begging him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything, and his master's heart was moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him, canceling the debt. Okay, so we see here, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like, and he's giving us an analogy. So he's saying the king had compassion and forgave the servant when the servant asked. Just like God forgives us, we come to God and we ask for forgiveness, correct? Same idea, okay? Now, he doesn't withhold his mercy, even though we owe him a great amount that's why that's such a high percentage there to, for us to understand. We owe God a great amount. And yet, when we come and ask for forgiveness, he releases mercy. Okay? And he goes on. But that same attendant, as he went out, found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. That's about $20. Okay? And he caught him by the throat and said, pay what you owe. So his fellow attendant fell down and begged him earnestly Give me time and I'll pay you all. But he was unwilling. And he went out and had him put in prison till he should pay the debt. Okay, so we see he was forgiven. Now he goes out in his life and he meets someone who owes him a lot less of a debt. Okay? But he refuses to be merciful. Okay? And throws him into prison. This is sounding kind of common. Hmm? The debt that God forgave us is huge, and we can't forgive debts that are tiny in comparison, even though we've been given mercy, right? And the scripture goes on. When his fellow attendants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told everything that had taken place to the master. Now remember, Jesus is giving us an analogy of how the spirit, the kingdom works, okay? So who are these fellow attendants? Think about it. Who are the fellow attendants? Who, who watches over God's people? Who reports on God's people? The angels. 
the angels. So what he's saying is the angels saw what happened and went back to the master, okay? The angels record. I've seen angels with, with uh, uh, scrolls recording stuff. They record. They write it all down. How do you think the books up in heaven get filled? Okay? All right? So the master calls to him and says, You contentable and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had mercy and pity on your fellow attendant as I had mercy on you? Now, in his wrath, his master, that's the king, turned him over to the torturers, the jailers, till he should pay all that he owes. Okay? So my heavenly father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offenses. Okay? All right, who turned him over? The king. And we know that Jesus is saying God is the king. So who turned the man over to the torturers, the evil spirits? God did. Do you understand? It wasn't the enemy. This is the law in the spirit. You don't forgive. It's not the enemy who torments you. It's God. And he turns you over until you understand how it works. This is very serious. This is very... When, I, when he gave me the revelation, I really understood, oh, it's not the enemy he's torturing us. It's you. You know, the words, the Lord says, I afflict and I heal and none can rescue out of my hand. All right? Danger. If, I mean, guys, we need to get this. We need to get this. This is serious. It's not just an option. Okay? So what happens when you don't forgive, all right, is the Lord turns you over to those things, and they torment you until you do. Okay? And you don't get done until you do, because God is the one who's allowing it. All right? Do you understand? Okay. So let's talk real quickly here a little bit about what forgiveness is and what it's not. Because some people are a little like, you know, I can't forgive. It was so horrible what happened. I just will not forgive. And they think that way because they, they think that if they forgive, there will be no justice. Okay? Forgiveness is not forgetting an evil offense that has occurred. Okay? It's never excusing or condoning, okay, any person's words or actions abusively that has happened to the person. It's never that. It's never surrendering our desire for justice because that's a part of God and we are a part of him and we have an innate desire for justice to be done, okay? It's not letting the person continue to hurt you. It's not letting them continue to abuse you verbally or physically, okay? And it's not forgetting the incident or trying to suppress the incident um, and trying to learn from it, okay? That's not, uh, that's what forgiveness is not, okay? Forgiveness is, for, is releasing the other person from our heart and placing them in God's hands for him to deal with them, okay? It's freeing ourselves from the weight, the burden of carrying the weight of that person's actions, okay? And torment, all right? And it's not allowing the other person to control your thoughts or emotions. Do you realize when you hold someone in unforgiveness, you've actually put them in a real high place in your heart and in your mind. That's not your intent, but that's what you've been doing, okay? Um, it's really just surrendering to Jesus our pain and letting him bring perfect justice, okay? God's justice is perfect. 
He knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that went on in the situation. Okay. His justice is perfect and his justice will be metered out. He will have his day. Okay. When you forgive, it's not saying that that person that hurt you that you accept or think it's good what they did. It's nothing like that at all. What it's saying is I'm not going to let them control me anymore. I'm not going to let what happened control me because I need to move forward in my life. God's going to deal with it, and I'm going to, I'm going to get out from under that burden, okay, so that, that there's not me standing in the way. Now it's you and God. And if that person doesn't come to the Lord, he will deal with them and turn them over, okay? That's what it is, okay? Um, so we're going to do a little forgiveness exercise. It's going to be similar to what we did a little bit earlier and just a little different because when we get this stuff out, you remove the legal rights. Some of us have been hindered because of unforgiveness issues. And the enemy is hooked in there, and it's caused us to have physical illness. It's caused us to have um, torturous thoughts. It's caused our emotions to be kind of suppressed in some ways. And it's caused us to, to look at ourselves in a light that's not true. Okay? To really see ourselves through something that has nothing to do with reality. So when we do this process and we forgive, then all that stuff's taken away. And you can see clearer and you feel clearer and that person no longer can affect you. You know, I used to think that the more mature we got in the spirit and God, you know, that we'd just be able to walk and everything would line up and it'd all be good and, and there would never be a bad moment. And I kept thinking, why do we keep having these train wreck moments? You know, that are, to me, it should all be peace all the time, you know. And the Lord says, you misunderstand. He said, I told you I would carry you through things. He said, I'm doing a process in you. Now, I'm not going to remove the events that are difficult. I'm not necessarily going to remove the path, okay, and the obstacles. I'm doing a process in you so that you have peace regardless of what you come through and up against. He said, that is spiritual growth. Not that everything's just going to suddenly become, we're at a certain place now, there's no problems. And, but we tend to think that way, don't we? When, I get, when I'm the strongest Christian, it's all going to be easy. It's all, you know, and that's not true. I don't know where we got that. I know there are people who teach that. Okay, I want to know where they got it. Because it's not in the Bible. Okay, Paul was beaten. All right, he, beaten. Have you been beaten? They tie you up outside with a whip. Okay, tell me how that's all good, okay? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. But what God showed me was, you're missing the point. It's my process in you. I bring you to such a place in me that no matter what trauma, what's going on around you, you and I are copacetic. You and I are good. So that that doesn't affect you emotionally, mentally, or physically. You see what I mean? That's the goal. That's his goal. That's how Jesus could walk through these crowds. I mean, some of these times they wanted to kill him, okay? That's how people can, that's how, I mean, guys, that's the future, okay? And we're going to be able to walk through the things that are coming in, in our, even in our country and not be swayed emotionally because where your mind goes, everything goes. Do you know what I'm saying? So just keep that, but that's the process. It's not your life looks perfect. Okay, that's a false teaching. That's almost like a real a Buddhist teaching, an Eastern philosophy. And we need to get that broken off because that's not reality. Okay, not the right source. So we're going to do a quick forgiveness exercise. And I'm going to show you. Now, when I first did this, I did this every day. 
<laughs> which is good, okay? Um, it's something you can do at home, and it's something you can take other people through, okay? So we're going to go through this. Just get yourself comfortable again for me, all right? Okay, close your eyes and put your hands in your lap. All right, let me pray for a minute, and then, then, then I'll pray and you can repeat, okay? Oh, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that today, Lord, some of us are getting out of the jail. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, for freedom. I thank you for the keys to freedom that we have in you, Lord. So I ask you to come, Holy Spirit, right now. And uh, Holy Spirit, I ask you to bring to mind just one person that we need to forgive. We're just going to give them a second. Okay, take a deep breath in and let it out. Good. Okay, now just repeat after me. Okay. Lord Jesus, I come to you with a thankful heart. I again declare that you are good and justice belongs to you. Lord Jesus, I forgive. Now, I want you to list the, to say the person's name in your mind, okay, for the following things. Now, just place in your hands. We're going to take a minute here. We're going to take a minute here. Um, and just place in your hands everything that comes to mind that person did or has done. Okay, good. Okay, so keep your eyes closed and just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I forgive. And then say the person's name for these things. And I release this person, say their name, to you for you to deal with as you will. Good. Lift your hands up for me. All right. Turn them over. Release it. Wipe your hands off. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Okay. Put your hands back in your lap for me. Okay. Because we still got some more things to do here. All right. All right. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask forgiveness for anything I may have done to this person, including now stick that in your hands. Holy Spirit, prompt us to anything we've done or said or should have done. Thank you, Lord. Any reaction we had, we shouldn't have had, Lord. All right, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask forgiveness for these things, and I release them to you. Bring up your hands. Turn them over. Let them go. Wipe it off. Good. Take a deep breath in. Good. Okay, repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I am 
forgiven. I plead the blood of Jesus over every place in me where this unforgiveness was present or gave legal right to the enemy. In Jesus' name, I now command demonic oppression to leave me now in Jesus' name. All right, take a deep breath in, let it out. Good, take one more deep breath in, let it out. Repeat after me, Holy Spirit, come fill these places that have been vacated with your presence, your life, and more of Jesus. Amen, good. All right, how's that feel? You feel better, you feel lighter? Do you feel lighter? That means there was a burden there, okay? So isn't God good? So you can do this at home, and the Lord will tell you, hey, let's sit down and deal with this. When you're soaking time, he may say, we have something here, and you can take yourself real quickly through it, okay? Now, you may not be able to go on the street and say, let's put things in our hands, but you understand the process now, okay? So if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, okay, um, you can, you can get in there and go, okay, I see what the Holy Spirit's showing me. Do you have someone to forgive? Maybe so. Okay, well, you know, and you just lead the person through a quick little time. Everybody wants to be free of that burden. Most people don't want to carry in forgiveness, okay, because it doesn't feel natural, okay? We have to be pretty beaten down as people, so I just want to encourage you that. So forgiveness is a tool for inner healing, okay, which is good. All right. In addition to forgiveness and the healing of memories, inner healing can also address healing from things called false judgments and negative vows. Okay, and I'm going to talk about that. This is based on the truth that our words have immense power. All right, Proverbs 18:20 says this: A man's moral self, okay, shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words must he be satisfied whether good or evil okay death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life what we decree we receive okay remember Jesus said you will have to give an account for every careless word that you've spoken, okay? This is, this is truth. God spoke and the world was created, okay? We are made in his image and because of that, our words carry in, in, incredible power. What you speak, what you decree, actually has power behind it to become reality and manifest, okay? All right? And uh, the, reason, the reason that Jesus was so sharp about that, okay, uh, was because he knew that we carried that power, okay, and that we would be accountable for every word that we speak, all right? You know that saying when you're little, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, that's a lie. I always say that's a lie from the pit of hell, okay? What happens when you grow up? Those words hurt. Those words actually are the sticks and stones, of that, believe it or not, okay? You know, so I want to talk a little bit about our words, okay? Because you're going to come up against this a lot when you're dealing with people and you're praying for them and for yourself, 
okay? Uh, one of the ways we get in trouble with our words are things called false judgments, okay? And false judgments are just a fancy term um, for words that have been spoken, um, that we have spoken against others, or that have been made against us, okay? For example, things that are said to us like, um, you're ugly, you're fat, you'll never amount to anything, you're just like your mother, you're worthless, okay? Um, when we say those things, okay, when we, when we receive those things, um, they become like a curse in the way they operate over our lives because our words have power, all right? Um, we can make false judgments ourselves. A lot of us do it with our parents, okay, which is really typically normal here in America. Um, you know that thing, I will never be like my mother. And what happens when you grow up? You're just like your mother. You stand in the mirror and go, how did this happen? Don't you? And I'm not being, but the reason is you made a false judgment, okay? The word says we are to honor your father and your mother so that it may go well with you and give you long life, okay? So what happened was you basically say, I'll never be like that. You made a judgment and that curse whoo, whoo, hits you on the backside, okay? And you become just like your mother or your father or whatever, okay? All right? Um, and these false judgments are things that can come against us, too, okay? Words that people spoke over us. You'll never amount to anything. You know, a person hears that enough, eventually it, it seeps into their soul and they start to believe it, okay? You can you see that a lot in people who come from uh, broken families that were spoken negatively over, that no matter how hard they try in life, everything just goes wrong, okay? That's like a false judgment because our words have ability to create, okay? They have the ability to manifest and create. That's why Jesus said, think about it. Jesus said, he didn't say you'll give an account for every, you know, thought you may have. He said, take your thoughts captive. He said, for every word you have, you have to give an account. If he made a point to mention it, there's a reason, okay? So we're going to do a little exercise to break false judgments because false judgments actually set in motion a cycle over your life. And we want to break that cycle so that you don't keep falling back into things when you just get close to getting out of them. Does that make sense? Okay. So we'll take a minute. All right. So we're going to pray for false judgments. Just stay comfortable for me here. Okay. Close your eyes for a minute. Holy Spirit, I ask you to quicken us, quicken us, quicken us to places in our life where there's a false judgment. I ask you to bring to mind a false judgment, Lord. Just any place right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What we've done, Lord, and what's been done to us. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I just want you to repeat after me. We're just going to go through this one step at a time, okay? In Jesus' name, I humbly repent and ask forgiveness for every false judgment that I have made or spoken against. And here, list the person that comes to mind. Just list a person that comes to mind. Okay. Lord Jesus, wash me clean of any negative backlash 
and break every cycle that may have come upon me for this judgment. Take a deep breath in, let it out. Lord Jesus, I release this person to you. And I ask you to bless them, to prosper them, and to release them from any cycle that may have been started in their life. Good, take a deep breath in, let it out. Okay, now in Jesus' name, I break the false judgments that have been spoken against me, including, now just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, I declare this false judgment Null and void. I decree that it is crushed, broken, removed, and will have no more power over my life. I take the sword of the Spirit and I cut myself free from all of the negative effects over my body my mind, and my soul. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I now decree the truth of God's Word over my life, that I am highly favored, that I am blessed, that I am whole, and that I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come and fill every place that has been emptied with your life and truth. In Jesus' name. Good. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority and I break any demonic cycle that may have come in with these false judgments. I declare they are broken now by the power of the blood of Jesus. They will cease and desist. And every demonic entity that was attached all the way up the ladder, I bind you in chains, and I ask you, Father, send your angels to remove these things. Take them to the pit to await judgment in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Good. Did God bring something to mind? Okay, good. So false judgments are one way, okay? And what you'll see is that area for you should not be a struggle anymore, okay? If you're feeling that it is, you need to sit back down with the Lord and go, okay, Lord, what judgment did I miss? What's something that I missed that you want to reveal to me? Okay? So we have our words that have great power, right? And so we have false judgments, but we also have things called negative vows. Okay? And negative vows are things we say to ourselves. Okay? And I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, I had a really hard childhood. I grew up in an occult homosexual household, okay? So I didn't really have a good female figure in my life growing up, and so I didn't know Jesus. So my constant 
mantra to myself growing up was I will never have children. I will never have children. I will never have children. Well, what I was actually doing um, was making a vow, okay? And because my words have power, when I hit about 32, 33, I think it was 30, 33, I had to have an emergency hysterectomy, okay? Um, and after that time is when I started growing in my deliverance and my healing. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, um, you know, what was going on there? You know, now that I have hindsight, what was going on there? He said, well, it's simple. You made a negative vow and you never have children and your body heard you and went, well, we don't need the uterus, then do we? Okay. Because my words, my whole life, I have been sowing into that. I'll never have children. I'll never have children. I'll never have children. Okay. It was a vow I took. And finally my body said, that sounds good to us. Okay. So these are things that we say, uh, over ourselves that can have a, a negative effect, okay? And um, these are pretty important because some of us don't realize how much we badmouth ourselves, you know? We don't. And um, sometimes I think people think that they have humility, that they're walking in some kind of humility when they do that, and that's not true, all right? That's not, that's not a real form of humility, okay? Humility is dependence on God, it's not tearing yourself down so you look less than everybody. Okay, there's a big difference. So we want to deal with this area of negative vows, okay, because they can affect you, all right? They affect the way you think. They can really affect your body, okay? So um, we're just going to do a little exercise for that, okay? Take a deep breath in. Let me pray for you real quick. Now, I know we're going through this long process here, but I'm telling you and taking you through the process so you can go home and do it yourself, and the Lord will tell you. It'll, you'll start moving so quickly through this. You'll go, oh, my gosh, Lord, that's a false judgment. I repent right now for that false judgment. Let it come on. And, you know, I'm saying it'll be so easy for you. You can do it in the car, okay? And you're going to start to see these things break off your life, and you're going to start to move in more freedom, and people are going to see it. And you're going to be, your light's going to shine brighter and brighter, and you're going to attract the darkness that needs, that wants to be free. Okay, guys? That's the whole point. Does that make sense? Okay. So let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now and quicken us to any negative vow that we may have taken. Let's give him a second here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, let's just repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I humbly repent and ask forgiveness for this negative vow that I have made or spoken against myself. Now right here, just to yourself, just state that vow. Okay. I plead the blood of Jesus over this vow. And I decree that it is crushed, broken, removed, and will no longer have power over me, my life, my mind, 
or my body. I take the sword of the Spirit and I cut myself free from every negative effect over my body, my mind, and my soul. I break every demonic cycle that my words may have set in motion and I close every channel that allowed it to operate. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come and to cleanse every place in me that has been affected by these words. Please heal every trauma that was created and fill this place with your spirit. In Jesus' name, I now command every demonic spirit that had legal right because of this vow to leave me now in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath in, let it out. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.